Um, hello, friends. My name is Ashley Dalen, like Annie said. Um, I am a high school youth pastor here, and I've been doing that for seven years, which is awesome. Love those guys. Um, and I am married. That's the other best thing about me is my wonderful husband, Kyle. You'll see a picture come up. Um, you might recognize him. He works at Broadway Coffee House, so he may have made a latte or a mocha for you. Or if you're one of those hardcore black coffee people, he might have gotten that for you as well. Um, he's working on his master's degree, finishing up his master's degree here and working over there. And he's just probably the coolest thing about me. Absolutely adore him. We don't have any kids. Uh, we don't have any pets. We don't even own a house. We just kind of live footloose and fancy free. Um, and uh, yeah, but I want, is it okay if I tell you the highlight of my week? This is gonna, this might sound ridiculous. I don't even know I'm telling this story, but this was the highlight of this week. This might tell you how absolutely normal I am. Um, <clears throat> so I live in a triplex, um, and so there's six of us in this triplex, and uh, for some reason, unbeknownst to all of us, um, I think the universe has conspired against us with the black magic and everything, and maybe a little bit of human error, but for some reason, our recycling has not gotten picked up for like a month. And so we have three recycling bins, and with six of us and three separate kind of units, like we are really pro-Oregonian and we recycle a lot. So for a month, our recycle bins have been overflowing. <laughs> And it, within that month of overflow, um, they were already overflowing, and then my neighbor bought an Ikea couch, which comes in like the world's largest boxes you've ever seen. And then I made way too many trips to Costco, which is the worst, because they give you the most indestructible boxes. Like there's no way to make those things flat. They're so thick. And so we just had cardboard like everywhere on our porches, like, we just looked, um, as my husband told me, very tacky. And so um, I came home the other day and all the cardboard, like all the cardboard was still overflowing from the bins, but there was nothing on our porches. And I said, where, did you burn the cardboard? Like, where'd the cardboard go? And my husband goes, no, I just stashed it all over our premise because I'm so embarrassed of it being <laughs> on our porches. So my neighbor texts me on Sunday night with like the most serious text he's ever texted me. He said, Ashley, when do the bins for the recycling need to go out? Like we have got to figure this out because this ship is gonna sink if we get any more cardboard. And so I said, Monday night, they have got to get put out Monday night. Someone has gotta make sure this happens. And so uh, I go out to my car Sunday night and I see that he has already pre-put them out Sunday night, one day early, because he's like, we cannot chance this. Like there's no way we can chance this. So Tuesday morning, I was getting ready to come to work and I heard the recycling truck come and I went and I ran and I peered out the window like it was like Christmas morning or it snowed outside. And I texted all my neighbors. I said, they've, they're here, they've come. And they're taking it all. They're taking all of our recycling. And if you'd hit that next uh, picture for me, this is what they texted back to me. Um, <laughs> these were all gifts, so they were all moving. <laughs> but uh, we've got Guardians of the Galaxy saying, finally, uh, Ellen, it's kind of hard to read, but she says, but I believed that one day it would really happen. <laughs> and then the bottom, the whose line is it anyway guy is like, yay! <laughs> so anyways, that's literally the highlight of my week is that my husband now can unstash all the cardboard he hid around our premise and it can actually go in the bins and hopefully get picked up two weeks from now for that one. So that is a, that literally sums up my life. I don't have the most interesting life as you can tell, but uh, that was very exciting. 
Um, as you might have heard or as you deducted from the Lord's Prayer getting read multiple times up here, we're going to talk about the Lord's Prayer today. And I'm really excited about it, um, and I'm excited to share with you my thoughts on it and what I used to think about it. But first, I want to hear what are your thoughts on the Lord's Prayer. So we're going to start with some just quick table talk time. Um, and they're going to throw up these three questions, and this is what I'm, I want you to talk around the table. Um, go around and share your names and what day does your recycling get picked up because I don't want this to happen to any of you. Why did you come to the gathering today and then what's the first word, phrase, or memory that comes to mind when you hear the words, the Lord's Prayer, or hear the actual reading of the Lord's Prayer? So if you just turn to your tables, chat for a couple of minutes and then I'll bring us together. All right, I'm gonna bring us back together. I did love that when I said you have one minute, everybody kind of slowly got quieter, which cracked me up. Usually if I tell high school students you have one minute, they get louder because they're like, we don't want to come back. <laughs> we just want to keep talking. So uh, that's nice. Um, for a while, uh, high school students, <clears throat> because that's my world, I think of a lot of things through that lens. And for a while, high school students would uh, post things called, and they'd, they'd, ha they'd tag them as it's called, hashtag relationship goals. And here's a couple examples of some hashtag relationship goals. They're always these really cute pictures of like people getting married or a couple eating ice cream on a bench or something. Um, I love the next one, which is so precious. Someone, this is J.R. Tolkien and his wife, Edith, and somebody tagged them hashtag relationship goals. I just thought it was so cute. I, I'm assuming they've been married forever. There's some story there, but they just look so cute. Um, but what high schoolers are saying when they post these things is what they're saying is, man, I want a relationship that looks like this. I want to be cute like this is kind of what they're saying. And um, there have been two verses in my life as I've, known, as I've read the scriptures and all that stuff that have been my hashtag relationship goals verses. And they kind of have just stuck with me and in many ways like haunted me, but like a good haunting. They've just stuck with me and, and they're this. It's Genesis 5, 23 through 24. <clears throat> it said, Enoch lived 365 years walking in close fellowship with God. Then one day he disappeared because God took him. That's the NLT version. The message says Enoch walked steadily with God and the NIV says Enoch walked faithfully with God. <clears throat> that, my friends, is my like hashtag relationship goals. Like, man, do I... I wanna walk closely, steadily, faithfully with God. But if there's anything I've learned on this journey of following Jesus, it's that there are a lot of rabbit holes that I wander away and find myself in. There's a lot of times where God's saying, hey, stay right here, and I'm like, but this is really shiny and entertaining. I'm gonna come over here. Things often try to tempt us away from walking with God, and so that's where the Lord's prayer comes in. My full disclosure, I used to highly dislike the Lord's Prayer. I feel like that's the strongest language you're allowed to use in the church is highly disliked the Lord's Prayer. Um, I thought that it was very bossy of Jesus to say, pray like this. I don't mind if someone tells me what to do. I don't love when someone tells me how to do it. I don't know if anybody here relates. I don't like to be micromanaged. <laughs> Tell me to pray, I'm cool with that, but don't tell me I gotta pray in this box. So I very much 
ignored this passage for a lot of years because I was like, don't put my communing with God in a box. I can talk to God and we're, we're close. I just didn't like it. I just really did not resonate. That's, that's fleshy Ashley for you. <laughs> did not resonate with uh, this scripture. But as I've begun to study it recently as a part of something else that I've been doing, um, I've begun to realize that this is actually quite the opposite. It is not this my way or the highway section where Jesus is saying, do this, and I'm going to micromanage your prayer life. But what he's actually doing is inviting us to realign our wandering heart to him. It's an invitation. It's a tool to say, I know that you're going to get really distracted. Bless your soul, but I know you are. <laughs> and I know that you're going to need tools that are going to help you bring you back to my side. They're going to help realign you. And so I'm excited to jump in uh, to the meat of what I think God's inviting us to. And so we're going to be walking through the Lord's Prayer, and I'm going to be using the NIV version simply because that's the one I'm most familiar with. And I'm afraid if I try to use a different version, I will confuse myself. <laughs> So we're gonna be walking through it like that. The Lord's Prayer is in Matthew 6 and also in Luke 11, but we're gonna be looking at specifically Matthew 6, 9 through 13, that, that version. And so I just wanna read again for you the NIV version of the Lord's Prayer. It says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. <clears throat> In the book, Building a Discipling Culture by Mike Breen, he breaks the Lord's Prayer into six pieces and places them around a hexagon. And I'm a very visual person, so it's helpful for me to see things broken down because it helps me be able to engage in it, I think, in a deeper way. So on your um, tables, there should be a packet for everyone to have their own packet. <laughs> and on it, you'll see a hexagon. And we are gonna work our way around the Lord's Prayer. And as what we're gonna do is on the outside of the hexagon, we're going to, we're gonna see what God is inviting us to and realigning our hearts to, what truth he's drawing us back to to say, come back, honey, right here. How is he bringing us back? And then on the inside of the hexagon, we're gonna talk through what I call uh, our rabbit hole wanderings. <laughs> Those things that were like, oh, I'm just gonna go over here for a little bit. The things that tempt us to walk away from the truth that Jesus is calling us to walk with us. Because I'm guessing that you also have the same heart and that you wanna walk with God. That's, that's the legacy you wanna live. And so this is gonna help us, I believe, do that. Your theme this year is beyond, and so I'm calling this beyond the rabbit hole wanderings. Like, let's, let's try to get beyond those. So side one, we gotta start at the top of the hexagon because we're starting there. And the beginning of the prayer says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now this is where we have to begin. Jesus uses intentionally the word Abba here when he says our Father. And what he's doing is right off the bat saying, I want you to remember the character of God and that God is your Father. And that should hopefully within us start our journey remembering that God is our dad and there should be warmth and security and, and endearment in that and a sense of being known. Because if we don't start from a place of saying, I am known, loved, wanted, right where I'm at, then it's gonna be really hard for us to get around to the rest of the prayer. And some of us may get stuck here, and that's not a bad thing, that just means maybe God's got some work to do in your heart. 
and helping you understand the character of God. But you have to start here. It's so important to start with going, yes, that's right. God is for me. He's with me. He's putting wind in my sails. He loves me. He sees me as I am and still calls me his own. We have to start from that place of being known. But what I love here is that really sharp juxtaposition of hollow be your name. Because that's, that's different. That's very much reminding God is close God is different from me. God is holy, God is set apart, and I need to revere and honor and glorify who he is. And, and I gotta get on my knees at time and bow down and say, you are God. Your ways are higher than my ways. And so I love this juxtaposition of, of Jesus starting us off saying God is close, but God is also different from me. God and I aren't the same. And I love that. It starts us from a place of reverence, but also close, closeness of being known. And so we start off the prayer by recentering who God is, what his character is, and what our relationship to him is. Now, I think our, our rabbit hole wanderings here could be a couple things. And on a lot of these rabbit hole wanderings, these are just kind of my thoughts on this. And you might read one of these and go, I know what mine is. And feel free to jot your own down if you think of any other ones. Um, but here's some that I came up with. I think we can fall into the lie that God is distant and I'm alone, um, that God isn't close, that God doesn't care, that God doesn't know my needs. Um, and the thought that I'm unworthy of God's love or the flip of that, God and I are equals. So God and I are buddies, and we are equals. I think sometimes our brain can wander off in that direction. We can forget who God is and what he's calling us to. On to the second side. The second side says this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now this is realigning us to God's mission, his kingdom. We know what that is, right? We know that that is to bring light, to, and love to the darkness, right? To the world that we are commissioned to make disciples here, there, and everywhere. That that is what God's kingdom is about. That that's what his will is about. Um, he stays pretty consistent on that. He really likes his mission. And he invites us into that. And we have to get realigned with that. Because in the rodeo of life, it's easier to be about my kingdom and my will. <laughs> what do I wanna be about? And it's hard sometimes to remember that God is calling us to something so much greater. When we're about God's kingdom and God's will, we get to be a part of a story that is far more impactful and far more amazing than Ashley's kingdom and Ashley's will because that's pretty inconsequential. And so it's this invitation. But there, as I was thinking a lot about this, I liked the word submission because there's a piece of us saying, God, I want, I'm gonna submit to your kingdom and your will. And I think Jesus shows us that so beautifully in Matthew 26, when he's talking to the, his father and he's saying, I don't wanna do this, take this cup from me. Do I have to do this? But then he goes, you know what? But your will be done, I will follow you. And Jesus goes to the cross and follows the will of the father, which was a hard, hard ask, but it transformed the story for all of creation. And so there's this realigning to whose kingdom am I gonna be about? Am I gonna be about my kingdom and my will or am I gonna be about the mission and the kingdom that God's inviting me to that is gonna be quite the adventure to jump into? The rabbit hole wandering here is, I believe, control. I 
want to be in control of my kingdom and my will. I want to be in control of my finances. I want to be in control of my kid's education. I want to be in control of my schedule. It's that need to want to control. And it's easier to control your kingdom than to control God's kingdom because he's in control there. And so I think that fear that sometimes comes in with that need to want to be in control can be a rabbit hole that can sometimes take us off. And we have to get realigned to what God's inviting us to. What's his mission? What's his kingdom? What's his invitation? The third side is this. Give us today our daily bread. Now, um, I think we all know we're needy people. We have physical needs, emotional needs, spiritual needs, Um, And that's okay. God's not shocked by that. He's not annoyed by that. He's not bothered by that. He created us with needs and he loves as a loving father to meet those needs. He loves when we come to him. And what I found was really fascinating about this part is the way that this section is written in the original language, the way they ordered it is so that the emphasis, which I would think would be on bread, like Give us today our daily bread. Our focus is on our needs. But actually, the way the words are ordered is the emphasis is on the word today. They wanted the emphasis to be on give us our needs today, to focus on the present. God, today, this is where I need you to show up. And I was thinking a lot about that. Like, why is it so important to stay in the present? And I was realizing, because our wandering is to go, but what if? Or, but what about? And to worry about the future. And when we're in a place of saying, but what if my husband loses his job? But what about when my kid gets into second grade? How is that gonna look? But what if the car breaks down? When we're so worried about the what if in the future, we can't see how God is actually meeting the needs of today because we're so looking this way. I said, oh, that's so cool. That makes so much sense. When we're focused on today and going, God, this is what my needs are today, then my eyes are looking at today and I can go, wow, God, I can see how you're meeting my needs today. Like it, I can be in the present and I can be aware of what, how God is moving instead of missing how God's moving today because I'm so worried about tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And so I loved that. It reminds me of Exodus 16 with the Israelites. Like God gave them manna for today and then he gave them manna for today and then he gave them manna for today. You know, God is the God of let's work on today. Trust me today. Let's do that. I love that this one requires a level of trust. And you can't trust if you don't know who God is, right? If you don't know his character. Um, I was in college at Multnomah University, which is a Christian college in Portland. And uh, one of my professors one day, he passed out these huge chunks of cardboard. And he said, what would you be ashamed for someone to know about you? I was like, I don't know. That's an odd question. (laughs) What would you be ashamed for someone to know about you? Now, I've done a lot of foolish things in the past, but as I thought through them, I thought, well, I'm not really ashamed of them. Like, it's part of my story. God redeems. I'm not really ashamed. If someone asked, I'd tell them. So other people just started writing things down immediately, and I just couldn't figure out what I was ashamed of. (laughs) I was like, I don't know. But as I started digging deeper into my heart, God started pulling something out, And I realized what I was most ashamed of, especially in that Christian context, what I didn't want anybody to know was that I didn't really trust God. That felt the most humiliating to me. And so I wrote in huge words on my cardboard, 
piece of thing. Um, I do not trust God. And I put it up in my dorm room and it sat above my mirror for probably two years. And it began this conversation with me and God where I began to go, okay, God, let's be real. I don't trust you and here's why. And I laid it out for him. But I said, but I want to trust you. So can you help me? I don't really know how to get there. I just know that I'm here. So whatever that looks like for you, <laughs> help me figure it out. And, and God and I began this two-year journey of God teaching me that he was someone I could trust. And it was quite the journey. But I'm at a very different place today than I was at that point, being able to say in all honesty, I don't trust you. And maybe some of you are there today. Now I wanna pause here because these first three sides are all about reminding us of who God is. So it's his character, his mission, it's about him being our provider, us being able to trust him. These three are all about taking us back to who God is and what is he about. And so we're gonna pause here because I wanna let you process this chunk because then the next chunk is gonna build on this in a way that I think is absolutely the coolest. So. Um, what we're gonna do is I'm gonna give you a couple minutes and if you flip to the next page, there are five um, processing questions, I think it says. And so I'm just gonna give you some space to think through those. If one's hitting you, stick on it. If one's not, move past it um, and work through those. And then we're gonna do a little bit of table talk around some of those. So um, take some space and process those. All right, I'm gonna invite us to come back together. We will have another table talk time. So if I cut something off that was good and sweet and needs to be said, uh, I invite you to come back to that um, at our next table talk time because I wanna make sure that we do give space for everyone to be heard and for everyone to get to share. So if I cut you off, keep that thought, maybe jot it down on your piece of paper so you can pick it back up as soon as we hit the next table talk time. All right, so back to this hexagon. We're gonna do this, we're gonna finish this thing out. So we're gonna turn a corner here with the hexagon. Uh, the first three are realigning us with who God is, and these next three are gonna connect to the first three in a way that like excites me beyond belief because it's one of the things that, the, one of the things that makes me the most excited about the Bible, and one of the reasons why I continue to want to learn the scriptures is I love the fact that there's a consistent character of God throughout the Bible, and there's a consistent mission and kingdom throughout the Bible. And because of that, when we look at the Bible, whether the New Testament or the Old Testament or the prophets, you start to see these connections and this interweaving in scripture. And that's when like my blood just gets boiling in a good sort of way. That's not usually how that phrase is used. Boiling in a positive sort of way. And I'm like, this is so cool. I love it. And I feel like we get to see this in this hexagon as we turn this, this shape. God's gonna start to show us what he wants to do for us in light of who he is. And it's, we're gonna start to see some really cool connections that make me really excited about these next three. So the bottom, side four, is forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now, I love that this one is opposite of the character of God because 
When we know God and we understand who he is and we understand what he has done for us and we understand our own sin and our own depravity and yet the closeness that he continues to draw towards us and the way in which he continues to be in the business of restoring us and redeeming us and healing us, it is out of that that then we can go, I can extend that grace I can extend that, those healing words, that kindness to others. And so I love that connection. Understanding what God does for us on the daily helps us to go, you know what? I can have grace with that hurtful comment. I can have forgiveness in that area because I know how forgiven I am. I've realized in my own life that in seasons where I have struggled to forgive others have been seasons where I have forgotten how sinful I am and how much God has lavished forgiveness into my life. And it's often in those seasons that I need to be drawn back and remember, oh yeah, I'm not that great sometimes. <laughs> and God extends so much forgiveness and grace on me, and I need to live that out to others. And you know what, there's been seasons in my life too where there's been great hurt and great um, misconduct, and there have been seasons where that's been a journey. It hasn't been a, I can just say this now, but I think what's important, and I think what, this ties into what our rabbit hole wandering can be here, we can, uh, we can get stuck in bitterness, which is really the thought that what has happened to me um, was unfair and so I deserve to get to be here because that was unfair, it shouldn't have happened, so I get to be bitter. I get permission, I give myself permission. And you know what, sometimes we do get some permission to be in that place and that's okay. But we wanna be a people who don't get stuck in bitterness because God is in the work of restoring. And so we wanna be, I always say, you might not be at a place where you can forgive today, but you wanna be on the journey of forgiveness. You wanna be moving in that journey. And it might not be today that you can say those words, but my hope is as you walk with God, he will guide you. And one day you're gonna get there. He's gonna get you there. But you wanna be on that journey. You don't wanna get stuck in that bitterness. And, or it could be pride. I've seen this in my life in times where I've thought, what you did to me was way worse than what I do to other people. Minimize my own hurt to other people. Maximize everyone else's hurt to me, right? Like, that was the worst. I've never done anything like that. Well, of course I haven't, because I've never been in the shoes of the people that I've hurt, right? I don't know how hurtful that is when I've, when I've crossed those lines with other people. And so that pride can also sneak in there of going, well, that was on another level. <laughs> And I've caught myself in that one. The fifth side is lead us not into temptation. This is my favorite side. I love this one. I've been waiting for this one to come up. I love this one. Lead us not into temptation because this one, if you'll notice, is across from God's kingdom, God's will. And so as we're working around this, these are in order for a reason. Jesus knew what he was doing. As we get to two and we're going, yes, God, I wanna be on mission for you, your kingdom, your will. It's sort of like when you're at a pep rally, you're just excited, it sounds great. Let's do it, let's win for the kingdom. Then you get around to this one and God says, okay, well, guess what? My kingdom work happens in the world. <laughs> it's going to the lost, to the darkness, 
That's where I'm at and that's where I wanna work. So I would like to lead you there. And that's when things get a little bit stickier for us. Like, wait a second, I'm, I'm a, I wanna be a part of your work, but I don't know if I wanna go there. That's a little uncomfortable, that's a little unknown. That's a little outside of what I know how to do. God's saying, I wanna lead you into my kingdom work, but that's gonna be in the world and I want you to be in the world, but not of the world. I want you to love my people, but not be about the things of the world. And so it's this invitation that we've gotten to this point where now God's going, I know you're, um, you wanna be about the kingdom and the will, but that's gonna mean that we're gonna go places together and, I, and you need to be praying that you can go to those places and be in those relationships and continue to be about me and not tempted by the ways of the world and the things of the world because that's where we're about to go together. And I think our, our um, rabbit hole wandering on this one is safety and security and known. It's the comfort. Because sometimes God calls us, actually, I found in my life, I don't know if this is universal, I found in my life, God is almost always calling me to the uncomfortable and to the unknown and to the, hey, this is where I want you to go with me. And as I've continued to walk that journey, oftentimes um, I always come back. Um, this is something that my husband and I have really like, tried to implement in our life. Like we wanna do uncomfortable things because we've realized when we do uncomfortable things, we grow. And we always come back from those uncomfortable situations and go, that was really healthy. Like that was really healthy. And so we've made it like a marriage goal for us. Like what's our uncomfortable thing we're doing this year? Um, because I don't wanna get stuck not being able to go into the uncomfortable, the unknown. And honestly, that's why I'm standing here today in front of you. <laughs> because when Annie messaged me and said, hey, do you wanna speak at the gathering? I was like, no. <laughs> that's unknown. I, don't, I know very well what 14 through 18 year olds need to hear. I don't know what women need to hear. I don't know what they want. I don't know what they need. I'm not always feel like I'm very in touch with this group. I'm more in touch with like the hashtag relationship goals group. And so, um, so I was like, no, not really. But I was trying to be kind because I felt like I needed to be really polite. So I said, well, the only time I could do it was February because I secretly knew that Kara was supposed to speak in February, which sounds so deceitful. And it is. And so I said, sure, I can only do February. And then she messaged me back. I, I admit I'm a sinner. Like, I'm the first to admit it. And uh, she messaged me back and said, oh, that's so great because Kara's able to move to December. February's wide open. And I asked God, I was like, are you asking me to do this? And I feel like there are times in my life where I go, okay, God, are you asking me to do this? And God goes, I'm leaving this one up to you, girl. You want to do it, you don't want to do it your call. And I felt like God did not leave this one up to me and said, yes, I want you to do it. That's an unknown for you and I wanna challenge you and I want you to do that because I know it will be good for you. And the kingdom of God is at work at the gathering. And I love those women and I want you to go there. So that might be an unknown group for you, but I love those women and I want you to go there. So here I am and I'm having a pretty good time. So it's working out. <laughs> It's all working out. Um, but I think uh, this one can rob us of what I would say is our growth. This can rob us. If we're unwilling to step out to the unknown, do things that are outside of our comfort zone, then we can, self-sufficiency is easy, right? I can do this. We only do things that we think we can handle, then we will only, 
there's not much room to grow there or be challenged. But it's when we say yes to those opportunities or to following God out into those places, we're like, that's really freaky. You better show, you better go with me, God, because that's really scary. And that's when we get to be a part of that work that's bigger than us. And so that's what God's inviting us to, which I just love. Like, girl, follow me. I'm gonna lead you. We're gonna go on, we're gonna go do some kingdom work, but it's gonna be a little scary. And that's okay. You need to just remember to trust on me and not become of the things of the world, but to love the people of the world. So that one's my favorite. The last side is this, um, and deliver us from the evil one. Uh, I don't think it's a mystery to any of us that there's an enemy to our soul. <laughs> there's someone who loves to coax us to the rabbit holes, who loves to say, just wander over here for a bit. It's not far. You can get back to God when, when you have some free time. <laughs> Just wander over here. He loves to do that. And so God being a loving father says, just ask me to help you out. Ask me to protect you from those coaxings and those, hey, those whispers of lies to wander away. And I love that someone said the other day to me as we were talking about the Lord's Prayer, they said, and we need to ask protection from ourselves. I was like, that's so good. Because let's be real, sometimes like Satan ain't gotta do nothing. And I in my own like fleshy Ashley, like I'm just gonna be a jerk today. <laughs> Nobody coaxed me there, I'm just going there, you know? Uh, and sometimes we need to ask God to protect us from ourselves and our own fleshy moments. And so I love that God is bigger and more powerful than ourselves, more powerful than anything else in this world. And I love that we get to invite him to say, okay God, Protect me today. Help me today to stay by your side, to not wander. I think the rabbit hole wandering for this one is self-sufficiency. It's the belief that we can fight our own battles. I can handle it. I mean, come on. What can, what can Satan tempt me with? I'll see it a mile away. I'll say no. I'll stay by your side. It's that thought that, that we can do it on our own. And, and I think I fall into a twisted version of this where I think I don't want to bother God. <laughs> which is so weird. That means I don't understand his character. His character is his father's heart and he wants to protect me every day. But I sometimes am like, oh God, you're so busy. I'll take care of today. Let's catch up tomorrow. You can, you can help me tomorrow. And it's like, I think I'm bothering him, which is so, again, brings us back to the top. It's a misunderstanding of who God is and what his heart is for me and for us. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna kick up the music again and you're gonna have four more reflection questions on these last three. So I'm gonna give you some space to reflect on those, then we'll do, again, some table talk time. All right, I'm gonna give you one minute to wrap up. Oh, you guys got quick, you got quite fast that time. <laughs> one minute turned into 10 seconds, all right. Um, okay, we'll, we'll do this. We'll finish this up. Um, I've just come to realize that as I've seen the, the heart of God in this prayer, I've come to realize I'm a little bit more okay now with Jesus saying, pray like this. I'm a little okay with being micromanaged with this prayer because I've come to realize that it's such a beautiful prayer to realign our hearts. And the thing that I love about this prayer is every time I use it as a tool and pray through it, I get stuck somewhere different. Monday, I might get stuck on the third one going, God, I don't know if I, I'm struggling to trust you today. And then Tuesday, it might be, I don't wanna step into that unknown. 
why are you calling me to go there? That's a little bit too far and too scary. And then Wednesday, I'm just forgetting who God is again <laughs> and his heart for me. And so I love that every day as I interact with this and I come back to this as just a tool to check in with my soul and where I'm at, that it helps, it helps bring out something new for me every day. Every day I'm in a different spot um, trying to figure out what it looks like to walk well with God, to faithfully, steadily, and joyously walk beside my father every day. And so um, on the back, you'll see there's, I just came up with four. I'm sure there's so many more ways, but just four different ways that you can continue to use this prayer and this kind of hexagon shape um, to interact with God, to pray through it, different ways you can do that. And so that's just a take home for you because sometimes um, I get bored of doing anything the same way. I, I just, I get bored so fast. And so as much as I love this shape, I can't interact with this shape the same way every day because I will just get bored. <laughs> so I've got to think of different ways to interact with the Lord's Prayer in a way that continues to keep me wanting to come back to it and keeps me wanting to ask the question, God, where am I wandering? Where do I need to be pulled back to your side? How do I need to be realigned? And so these are just four different ways that I, was, that I came up with that were like, oh, this would be a cool way to use the prayer. Here would be a cool different way to use the prayer that hopefully will keep it feeling fresh and new and God will continue to reveal whatever the root issues are that maybe he just wants to kind of reveal to you and, and be on journey with you in. I wanna end with this quote, um, and it's by uh, author Andrew Murray, and he writes this, Jesus never taught his disciples how to preach only how to pray. Perhaps having done life with Jesus, they understood better than we that prayer is what believers need to be effective disciples of Christ. And I would add to that, to be effective walkers with Christ. And so um, I just wanna encourage you, wherever you're at in your journey with God today, I just want you to leave knowing that you are loved and that God is excited to walk with you. And I think he is smiling at you, thinking about the journey that you two are going to go on together and the amazing twists and turns and adventure that that is going to be. And I think he's excited to do that with you. And so I'm just going to close this in prayer and, and then we will be done. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you. Thank you that you gave us tools to realign our heart to you. I thank you that you know us so well. You knew that these six areas specifically would need to be reminders in our world of who you are and what you wanna do in us and what you're calling us to. And so Lord, I thank you for the simplicity of it and yes, yet I thank you for the depth of it, for the fact that every time I come back to this scripture, um, I, there are different things that you're working on in my heart. And so I thank you that you are a God who's on the move. You are a God who's moving in our hearts. You're calling us to new and exciting adventures with you. And Lord, I pray that we would just continue to focus on walking with you. And that journey, and wherever that takes us, Lord, we trust that that will be good and that that will be far beyond what we could ever imagine. But Lord, I pray that this would be a tool that would just help realign us to your side on a daily basis. Would you be with us this week? Would we see the work that you are doing today and the way that you're providing for our needs this very day um, as we leave this place? In Jesus' name, amen.